never any more time. Alright, make this 40 minutes, 50 minutes, 2 hours. I'm ready to go. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Duke Basketball Junkies. I'm Michael Eckstedt, here with my good friend Peter Rowe. How you doing, Peter? Good. How are you, Mike? Oh man, I am doing alright. I just am drinking a Monster, and uh, it is 10pm here uh, in Las Vegas. Sunday night. Sunday night after the tournament selection, uh, after the ACC tournament. Uh, I was a little down yesterday uh, during and after the, the UNC game. I got to admit, uh, it was a tough, I thought it was a tough watch. The second half was a tough watch for sure. Um, it was a really weird game. Yeah. It we, had, we had one point at the first TV timeout. We had three points, I believe, after the second TV timeout, which has to be nearly impossible. Yeah, it was unusual. We missed a lot of shots. And, they, and they look like pretty makeable shots, like inside shots for our big guys. Um, I like. I, I want to say my my deepest darkest nightmares came true. Like Coach K trusts Trayvon Duvall. Like he trusts him a lot. I, and, I don't know if you he know, trusts him we, a lot or if he just feels like he has no choice. But that that's got to be the horse. Okay. You know, I feel yeah. like it's that. Okay. But. I, I don't know why. I don't know why they why, to, why, why they let him shoot so many three pointers. But yeah. So what what what, what, so, what was the deepest darkest nightmare? What, what, which three so things? Are, if, you know. In our last podcast, I feel like um, I said Trey has played well. He's playing well, and I feel like you know we, we had sure. a discussion like is did he regain his starting position? Is he now the primary ball handler slash point guard? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Coach, they K, put him Coach, back in the Coach K is line. like, look, I'm going to yeah. live and die with this guy as as my starter. And, I mean... 34 he, minutes against Notre Dame, 30 yeah, against he, UNC. He has highs. Against Notre Dame, he had 11 assists, but he still had six turnovers. And in the UNC game in particular... Um, well, by the way, I just want to say one thing about the assist statistic. Yeah. It, it's sort of... It's not always the most meaningful statistic. I mean, sometimes you just make a pass and a guy hits a shot. Sometimes yeah. you create the basket yeah. by, like, you know, some of Trey Duvall's, uh, you know, penetrations in the second half against UNC, like, opened up the defense for the pass to be accomplished. Sure. And so those were real assists, right? And then sometimes you just you just pass the ball to a guy and he makes a shot. He creates his he, own. Yeah. You know, like he you just, put it in the post and the guy hits a turnaround jumper. That's yeah. It's I'm glad you made the pass. It's not a bad thing. But assists in and of themselves are not. He still has the best handle. He still has the best yeah. court vision. He can see things. The problem is that he still has a lot of maturing to do in his decision making. I felt like he just had so many really bad turnovers. I mean, very bad in the UNC game. With eight minutes left in the game, he had another horrific turnover, and then it it looked like he was clearly limping back on defense, like on with one leg. I was like, Coach K, what more do you have to see? I mean, you got to pull this guy. He can barely he can barely sprint. It, he can he cannot sprint. So and and there I must get, be a I leg get, issue I, they're not disclosing. Yeah, clearly. I would not I would not be surprised if at the end of the season before the NBA draft they say Trayvon Duvall has some type of leg issue that affects his gait. Um, but in particular, permanent like I think it's a, no, a temporary, no, no. just sort just, of yeah, something, just like a, something you can play through, right? Um, I just I feel like he 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 should have been yanked, but you know, Coach K just left him in there and and went with it. 
we don't have a lot of other options because I mean I imagine Jordan Goldwire's you know confidence is, is shot you know because he hasn't seen the court in in months even though early he played a little and looked somewhat competent we don't you know he's a freshman too we don't have an experienced ball handler but on we, the team we don't outside of Grayson okay you know that that when we when we talked about last year at the end of last year whoa the cupboard is really bare that's before we got all these like numbers of recruits coming in and we definitely brought a lot of talented in talent in but we we didn't have an abundance of experience but yeah. particularly at guard right and guard is the most important position it's, in college basketball you know the yeah. backcourt you know especially the, in the two or when, three weeks coming up absolutely especially in the postseason you know so it, it seems like we have you know, obviously we have a lot of weapons but we don't have you know we just you know, we obviously don't have like a a very very confident uh, good decision maker at point guard and even like our, our two and three spots they're not always the best decision makers either okay well it's it, it, it sounds like to me you're presenting the argument that we need Trey to be the ball handler we but, need a Trey to develop but, okay. this season for sure but like, if, if we just rewind two or three weeks coach K didn't I mean he he benched him for two or three games he said Grayson you're our leader. You're the most mature decision maker on this team. We need you with the ball in your hands, running the offense. He did that. We we went on this five or six game winning streak. Uh, Jevin Delorier started. I want to say two or three games. Alex O'Connell yeah. started one game. Neither really why, played as much as I like those guys. Why can't guys, we do that? As much as I like those guys, neither really played super well, like super well consistently. I thought I thought Delorier, Delorier played pretty well. Given he's not asked to do anything outside of. Like for right. his for what he's asked to do, D- Deloria, he, he does it well, and yeah. he doesn't he doesn't chuck up threes that have no shot of going in like Trayvon Duval does. There's it's, it's true. Delorier doesn't stretch the floor. He doesn't space yeah. the floor. You can see his defender and, plays off him a lot, just like Trayvon, as they should. Any yeah. any well coached team is going to make those adjustments, and you know unless O'Connell was gonna you know, develop into like a really really reliable. Guy, I mean, he's the only guy that I could really see, or you know, even Goldwire, like he wasn't a three-point shooter either. So we had an issue with whenever your primary. Well, we don't, we don't know. If, okay, but we don't know if Goldwire is or isn't a good three-point shooter. Well, obviously, they didn't think he was ready yet. That's why he didn't play much this year. But yeah, they have. I think they had to play Duval. I they, think the story they did is did not have to play Duval. Well, I don't know if he was injured. They, they why didn't have why, to play why him. do you have to play him? No, I mean they had to ride him this season. They had to try. To develop Duval, he's their most talented potential point when he, guard. When he got then, benched, it was primarily because of his poor play. Yeah, right? yeah but even when the he was team, benched, team he came in fine. and he played pretty well in spots. Right, and it's in not spurts. like he played no minutes. He played 20, you know, he 25, played 20. 30 minutes. Yeah, well, and he played thirty and thirty-four in these two games. The issue to me isn't who they played; it's just how they played. So, Duval had a great game against UNC and Cameron, and here in Brooklyn. Uh, he had a great second half. Great second half. Fair enough. He went 0 for 6, 0 for 3 from 3. He had no points. He turned the ball over five times. It seemed like he turned the ball over more than that. He he made some questionable passes besides those. He had seven assists. Uh, he actually grabbed a couple defensive rebounds. I thought he was like... I still think his defense... I do think his defense has improved, but he's still an issue. There's still issues there. So, yeah, I, his, I, his I, defense. I don't think it's fair to lay down the blame for the entire game on Duval when I thought there were bigger issues. Uh, 
I, he was an so, issue. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that there are that many big issues. Well, his he was the worst player on the floor out of the starting five by far, for, obviously. For, for us? For us, yeah. Okay. You know. And, you know, so he's the weakest leg, right? But... Yeah. But I would question why he had the ball in his hands as much as he did. Why he, had, why he still has the green light to shoot threes. You know, he... Sh- I mean, he shot triple the threes that O'Connell shot this year. But I also want to question, to me, the, the, the big failing in this game, I mean, they obviously didn't shoot very well. They were 6 for 23 from 3, which isn't a coaching issue, really. It's, it's the 18 turnovers, right? And it's it's that Roy Williams out-coached, them, out-coached Coach K in a couple of ways. Mainly, he had a, they had a scheme for breaking down our zone, which had been very effective. Right. And it was like they ran the same play almost every time down court, and it led to the same result. And just almost killed, every time killed us in the high post. Wide open, high post, 12 to 15 footers, and when the when Wendell Carter stepped up, you they made the easy pass, pass. Bounce pass to the guy right underneath the basket. And we had yeah. no one else down there. All of our, our, we had Bagley on the perimeter of the zone. It was like we were playing a 1-3-1 yeah. a right. with the, the three, like, not even a one-three-one. It was like a like a four-out, one-in, and like the wings didn't cheat in enough. And what I didn't understand is how they didn't adjust at halftime during the second half when they continued to go to the same. Kind of, they, they were so concerned with UNC's three-point shooting, yeah, that they just gave up so many easy baskets, yeah, uh, and, it, and it killed us. Right. I want to say, like, no adjustment. Right? Did you see an adjustment? The Cavs are not an in-game adjustment to cover that. Is Coach K a good in-game adjuster? I, I don't. I mean, is it possible they just they didn't make an adjustment, or is it or is it that like Bagley just didn't kind of know what to do, even though they were like, dude, you got to get down there, you got to cover that, right? Right. Or you know, on the other end, Trent. I mean, I do think there's an issue that we don't have any real wings. We don't, you know, D- defending the wings. Well, yeah, we we either have kind of big men or guards. We didn't have a lot of guys in between, like Kevin Knox types. But okay. But yeah, I just, I just, it puzzled me. I mean, forget the down the stretch decision making, like in the last couple of minutes. Right. Um, I just didn't understand. I've been trying to understand the the defensive philosophy all year. They they settled in with this zone, and Roy Williams came up with a very nice little scheme. Yeah. That UNC showed a lot of discipline sticking to the playbook. Sticking to the game. Would would you have wished they switched to man at some point in the second half? Well, or do you think they've just no, completely I don't think abandoned we can, it? I don't think we can play man. I just don't know why you couldn't switch to a two three zone. In, well, well, they, theoretically, they're they, playing a two three zone. They, they're effectively playing two three. Yeah, they're not really three guy three two three is three guys down below. They do have three guys down below. They had no, they had one guy down below. I mean, there's ways to play the zone defense <laughs> okay. where you pack it in. We were not packing it in. Yeah. They kept killing us on the same play. We right. never adjusted. Okay, well... We never had a guy to cover that baseline. They, yeah. The guy on the baseline camping out there. They, they could make that pass all game long. I mean, the guys we're criticizing right now, Marvin Bagley and Gary Trent, for not helping out down low. They may have been instructed to... I'm not criticizing to, to, them. ...to stick with Kenny Williams and Cameron Johnson because they killed us at UNC with the three-point shots. Yeah, but I'm not like, criticizing stick those, with those guys. guys. I'm criticizing the coaches the not coaching. adjusting the game plan. Yeah. Your game plan isn't working. Make an adjustment. Right. Well, uh, I mean, 
to defensive game plan. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would say to that is maybe UNC going into that particular game and had so much experience, recent experience playing the 2-3 zone that they were just ready and they were just ready for it. You know, they, they played us. Yeah, they at, were ready for it. They played Syracuse, I want to say, in the previous game or, or two games previous. That's all they played against was the 2-3 zone. And they have a lot of guys who could beat the 2-3 zone in the post with both Luke May and Theo Pinson. They absolutely executed well. Right. But, but it, we didn't, we didn't it, adjust. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everybody watching from home, I mean, people were screaming at their TV. Duke fans were screaming at their TV to switch to man because the zone wasn't working. Yeah. Or play the zone, like do something different. Sure. Right? Like make an adjustment. Yeah. No adjustment. Okay. A whole game. A whole game. Maybe the last couple minutes, a little bit. But uh, but really, we just benefited from UNC kind of trying to hold the ball. And like, uh, so the, the game was weird. It, it started off weird. It's it's weird that we can go four minutes or eight minutes in a game scoring so few points. We made it a game at the end of the first half, and we also made it a game at the end of the at the end of the game. Yeah. So um, the team showed like a, lot of, a lot of fight. Remarkably, right? the remarkably. team showed a lot of fight. Yeah, that's especially another, when it looked like it was over. Yeah, that's you another know? adjustment I wish the uh, coach came out of started earlier. Like when we're down fifteen points, thirteen points at the end of the game, he instituted the you know, press, half-court press, three-quarter length press, and got more than a few steals. Could try, yeah. could try that throughout the game. It, it, it kind of worked a little bit all season when he did it here and there, yeah. when it was off and on, you yeah. know, when he put it on as a surprise. But I, I will I will say that most college teams against a 2-3 zone, playing it for the first time, struggle with it. So I feel like we should be okay. UNC just met us having faced the 2-3 zone a bunch. Listen. And and they're a top 10 team, and they have a ton of experience. If we play a good passing team with a good coach that watches the game tapes, you know, they're going to be able to take advantage. They're going to be able to but exploit they, some of the They also defenses. need personnel, a guy who can, yeah, you need who some could, talent. Who can be, a, be a triple threat at yeah. the high post and have um, three-point shooters to spread the floor also. So getting back onto what was good... Uh, the team showed a heck of a lot of fight, right? I yeah. mean, we yeah. we played really well in the second half of the Notre Dame game. Bagley became a complete monster. Uh, you know, Duval played pretty well in the second half, you know, breaking down their defense. Uh, I thought our defense played pretty well in the second half against them as well. And then in the, in the UNC game, uh, we had stretches where we played well. And that... And the fight that, that Coach K talked about at the end, was, was, he was glad they showed the fight. It was just a little too late. I wish I wish they had looked as sort of... Um, I'm not sure if they were going 100%, you know... In the first... In the, in the, fir- the beginning yeah, of the game? In the be- I know the efforts. I don't know. I know they want to try, but, so but there, there, there is... There games the, where the ball just doesn't go in. There's still some... some um, there were many bunnies that I thought were dropping for sure that just mm-hmm. rimmed out. Yeah. Uh, so they made it a game, and you want to talk about the end of the game? I mean, I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. So, like, we're down. Well, so let's go back to the last podcast. Yeah, you, in, in very polite terms, sort of said you weren't that thrilled with uh, Grayson's decision making slash basketball IQ, and he and Grayson had the ball in his hands, down one possession, down three points, twice. Yeah, he basically as is his style, is a little bit out of control when he leaves his feet. He's not sure if he should try to attack the basket or kick it out. And he got caught in no man's land and got called for the charge. That was the first time. Then we get a steal. And yeah, we effectively get a timeout. 
And the best play that we can come up with is what happened. Dribble down the court yeah. and no matter what, shoot a three. Keep the ball in Grayson's hand. Yeah. Your leader. I, and if, if Grayson, if you want the ball in Grayson's hand, why is Trey in the game? I can understand if the ball were in Trey's hand. That's why you want him in the game. But if Grayson's going to have the ball in his in his hands, there should be a three-point shooter in the game instead of Trayvon Duvall. That yeah, three-point shooter should be Alex O'Connell. Yeah, you made that point right after the game. It's absolutely correct. There's no reason Duvall should be in the game unless for offensive he has, possession. Unless he has the ball. Yeah, if he is not going to be the one that, that brings the ball down and finds a shooter, yeah, then he shouldn't be in the game. Your best three-point shooter should be in the game. And your best three-point shooters on this team are very clearly five guys that are not named Trey Duval. <laughs> right? Like he's proven to be one of the worst shooters in the one of the worst three-point shooters in the ACC. I haven't looked yeah, to see I mean, like the lowest percentage for guys that shot at least 50 of them, but my guess is he's at the bottom or very very close. Look, to the he's bottom. gone from 15% to 27 to 28%. So, he's improving, but there there are just a number of balls that leave his hands where I just yeah, know he's either going to yeah. break the backboard or it's going to be an air ball long, which is, you know, sort of hard to do. On that last play, um, in the post-game uh, interview, I, I want to say Coach K said there was a double screen from both big guys, both Carter on the left, Bagley mm-hmm. on the right. So they actually did use a, a high ball screen. It just wasn't very clear, and they switched. Joel Berry switched with Luke May. Um, I want to say Grayson picked up his dribble a little too early with seven or eight seconds left, tried to get Luke May to commit and draw a foul, but he didn't. And then he shoot, shot up a desperation shot with a good four seconds left. Four or five seconds. Yeah, it's That's just plenty of time. Right. It's a time to make three passes. So what you're saying earlier about how you just don't trust his basketball IQ sort of came into play. Like he's just not. Well, the other you know, thing like I the said game, is the like game. The, the game's so fast. I again, I think we're being a bit harsh. Absolutely not being harsh. We're not being harsh. Absolutely not. This guy is a preseason All-American the last two years. People are talking about, should is there a chance his number's going to get retired? Hung up in the rafters alongside those cha- still, absolute champions. It's still possible. It's not possible. It's still possible. It's not possible. <laughs> All those champions are up there, right? <laughs> none of those guys would even... None of those guys would have just decided in their mind, here's what I'm going to do no matter what. I'm going to drive the ball to the basket no matter what. doesn't matter if a guy's in front of me ready to take a charge. Like... He ignored a, an open three-point shooter on that play. And on the next play, it wasn't just bad that he tried to get himself a three, right? In the least deceptive way possible as the guy dribbling the ball. And by the way, he's a much lower percentage three-point shooter off the dribble than he is on the catch and catch shoot, and as are almost every other player. But he also, like, he ran into the resistance. By the way, they didn't have any timeouts left, you know, Coach K. But... Uh, but, I mean, that's understandable. Yeah, it's understandable. So, with time left... The fact that we even had a shot to tie the game... He took the one of the worst shots. I It's probably the worst shot I've seen to end a game since Trajan Langdon against UConn. You know, like... But at least Trajan had no time... He had no other choice at that point. Like, time... They only had a few seconds. No choice. Here, he fell on his face. Yeah, well, he had no choice, but... He had no shot. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, it reminded me of that play where the whole strategy is... Put the ball in your senior leader's hands. Yeah. Right? And and just have him dribble down the court and just hope that the other team, you so know, the helpful. ball screen works and they don't defend the play right. And here's the thing about Grayson, though. He had time to to pivot. Right. He had time. To, he had the ball in his hands. He even stopped his dribble. 
So it was real clear he didn't have a shot. And I guess he was hoping he'd get the foul, but he could have made a pass. The next, another pass, there could have been a decent shot. I, I feel like if he yeah. made the pass behind him to Gary Trent, who was maybe 26 feet away from the basket, that shot's going to be much worse than the shot he actually got. He actually got off. A terrible shot. Come on. He was like leaning. He was leaning and, left, and he had to jump left. There's a reason that the, the, the ball looked. It was just an incredibly difficult shot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a more difficult shot than the double pump that I, you know. Marcus Page hit Marcus a few Page years back. Hit, yeah. It was, um, it was a special moment where I think it became very clear that this guy decides what he's going to do before making the play. And, and that, that's, you know, he's just not the best ball handler. He's not the best all-court player. Okay. And he doesn't always make winning plays. Sometimes he does. Sometimes that works. Just going for it. Just being 100% aggressive. I think, you know. But I stand by my position. Yeah. I think you're being too hard on him. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, you know, I, I, he he should probably be judged on a harsher scale than these freshmen coming there. Oh, coming for sure, there, of course, you know, because he's a he's a senior. I, I just feel like um, what they they inbounded the ball with twelve seconds left. I just feel like so much I mean, time. I mean, is that's that's the best you can come up with? Well, Coach I Kevin? also blame like, the coaches. Like why they not, drew up. Why not run a series nothing. of screens for a variety of people? Right, uh, replace Trey with O'Connell, but also like Wendell Carter. You know, probably all the attention is going to be put on Grayson and Gary Trent, right? Yeah. I mean, Bagley and Carter, they're, they can they're shoot. those are still live live three-point shooters. Um, I mean, there's a good chance he could be wide open on a three. I don't, there was no backup plan. There was no optionality on that play. Yeah. I mean, I also... Like Villanova in 2016. Yeah, you know, and... And look, three you know, really good options. And and Ryan Ryan Diarch Diarchino, Archet Diacono, Archet Diacono, Josh Hart. That Chris guy, Jenkins. that guy was a good decision maker with the ball. That guy was a senior leader. He was less talented than Grayson Allen, but he consistently made really great decisions. Did you with watch the ball. a lot of Villanova games? And guess what? That year? <laughs> guess what? Come on. Yeah, I did. You did? Of course I did. I I'm, I grew up watching Villanova. I'm a big '85 Villanova guy. You came very defensive. It, listen, I've watched Villanova my whole life, but. You know, less lately. Now I'm, you know, obviously watch a lot more Duke than Villanova. But that guy, here's the thing a guy like that would never get off the bench at Duke. Right. If that guy was on this team, he wouldn't have played a minute and he would have transferred. Yeah. And and we don't, you know, one of the reasons, you know, we just talked about we didn't have any guard depth is because, one, we, we generally don't recruit those kind of kids. But even when we do, we bury them so deep on the bench, we make them feel like they got no shot. They don't get any playing time. Even when we're up by 20 against a, a weak team, Coach K waits till five minutes in the game to put them in. Yeah. That they transfer. Yeah. You know, Justin Tucker, we could have used a three, another three-point shooter this Jordan season. Jordan Tucker. Jordan, we could have used him this I think season. He transferred because everyone kept calling him Justin. Yeah, I mean, he must not have been living up in practice. But, you know, it's not just him. It's Derek Thornton. It's Frank Jackson leaving. It's uh, I actually it, saw Arizona USC. It was the last game being played yesterday, yeah, or two days ago, because uh, they played here in Vegas. You get any run? Derek Thornton hardly plays. <laughs> I mean, USC does have some absolute studs, like NBA yeah. type players on, in the starting lineup. So maybe that's the reason. But he's not getting very much play. Yeah, it's uh, it's which is hard to because he's, 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 he's a junior. He's pretty good. Yeah. He's like a true junior. True junior, but a like, sophomore I mean, eligibility. Yeah, yeah, right. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know exactly who like would have really, really helped us this year, and and you know, it's just uh, we ended up. Well, there's a reason we had to yeah. grab Jordan Goldwire at the end of the recruiting when he's not even in the top couple hundred recruits. Yeah. And, and then also uh, Mike Buckmeyer. I mean, we just we have to start filling out slots. Sure. Um, but I mean, another way to look at this is UNC is playing great. They're one of the ten best teams in the country. And Roy they're, Williams they're make is one of the best coaches, and they're all seniors. And they're all seniors and juniors. Yeah. Um, they're we, they're a great team. We had a shot to tie yeah. the game at the end. Yeah. And we're a very young team. Yeah, 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 yada, 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 yada. But come on, we have so much talent all year. All year, I found our, I found our player cohesiveness, like, very inconsistent, and it's been it's been frustrating to watch. You very know, good, very good experience is a pretty good adversary for our talented squad. And we got out coached. I'm not sure Roy Williams has ever been accused of out coaching. Roy Williams out coached <laughs> us, uh, you know, when it, at Kansas in the in the NCAA tournament the last time. Coach K played Roy Williams in the tournament. Do you remember that game? Um, I believe it was no. 2000. It was, uh, it was. Oh, JJ Redick. Uh, I think it was 2003. Was it 2003? It was Anaheim, the pond. It sounds kind of right. They, they played like crushing defense. They beat us by 15. And it's like we weren't prepared Redick to play. Redick was them. like 2 for 17 in the game. <laughs> we weren't prepared to play. Ray LaFrance and. Uh, no, it wasn't Ray Collison. Yeah, Collison was, was on that team. Yeah. Right. I have to go back Kirk, Kirk Heinrich, Kirk Heinrich, and uh, Nick Collison. They just, they just like took it to us. Uh, yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, it's an SEC tournament. They're both really good teams. Somebody has to lose. Sure, we lost two out of three to UNC. They lost two. Lost, out, they lost two out of three to us last year, and then they went. And then they one won, and won the national championship. Hopefully, that happens to us. The this, this script flips. Hopefully. Do you want to talk about the Grayson Allen technical foul, the bump? Oh, yes. The, the, the ass stick out? Yes. <laughs> what, did you, what was your breakdown? What was your analysis of that? Um, I mean, one, I couldn't believe they stopped play. When it was happening. Yeah, I just didn't think it was. It was like, what, what I, are they stopping I for? didn't think it was that big of a deal. Yeah. I thought if it was any other player, it would have been fine. It would have just been a play on. But, I mean, he just has so much history, so much baggage. Um, he always looks so bad when they slow it down. Yeah, it because always looks it looks horrific because it's not a not horrific. It's but, not a natural yeah. basketball motion when you're in open court. You know, like Coach K afterwards got really defensive, and he's like, "Look, you know, hip checks happens all the time. Uh, yeah, it down does. low they do, but not in the open court when well when you have to. I'm pretty sure I think Grayson Allen is a dirty player. I th- okay, like I, like I think he fights just a little bit. I think he fights that urge. Yeah. But it just comes out naturally, and he just can't help himself. And I'm just, I'm grateful, super grateful, that it was his butt and not his leg. Yeah. Because if his intent is true, like, I think his intent was just to get in get in the guy's way, um, Garrison Brooks. But Brooks, I, I couldn't believe Brooks actually fell. It looked like a spontaneous natural fall, but he felt pretty hard, and he was not very happy about what happened. Yeah, I think. You know, but but I want to say I think Grayson's intent was to get him on the ground, was to trip him. Okay. Uh, what was weird about the play, you know, and I th- one I think when you slow these things down so far, just like when you're watching an NFL play and they they're doing the, the slow mo replay about what's a catch and what's not a catch, or I think it, it becomes very difficult to decipher intent and like everything looks intentional 
in like super slow mo. Okay. I really believe that. I believe that's that's like a bias, and we and we're like judging these guys on these super slow mos when the game happens in real time. Right. And so I think what happened is Grayson thought he had gotten bumped, or I'm trying to remember exactly what the physics of the play were. He was he was basically contesting something with another but, player. But then he had to get out <clears> of the way. He got like spun around, or he had to get out of the way. He came down. He was a little exasperated. And usually this is when these things kind of happen. Yeah, when he's frustrated. Right, but he, there was really no reason for him to be so frustrated. The game wasn't going perfectly well, I guess. But there was some calculation in his mind in the moment. It was and ve- he, could, he, but, could, he couldn't fully calculate it. Sorry. No, it's fine. You've had your say, Peter. Let, let, me, let, me, let me lay it out. I, I think it happened so quick yeah. that there wasn't really any malicious intent, but that he does tend to get in people's way like that. And I think that that's like a weird physical habit he yeah. has. I don't think it's like very dirty. I think it was just like just a little dirty. Right? I, and I think most of the stuff he's done has been like it's not Leitner stomping on a guy's chest. None of it's been like that to me. It's just it's like a little crabby. It's like just a little a little shrewd. Yeah. You know? I, I thought it was but, I thought it was semi dirty, more bordering like if if Leitner stomping on a guy's chest is a hundred, <laughs> yeah, this this is like or a Draymond th- kicking a guy in the yeah, ball. Yeah, this is like yeah. a 30, 35, 40 percent. Yeah, like it's, it's a little thing. The the reason why it's so bad is because the motion of sticking out his butt like that is unnatural in transition defense. And like, that's that's why just, they call it a technical. You're not supposed to do it. But it doesn't I, look like a basketball. I still play. can't wrap my head around how this guy, Garrison Brooks, runs into Grayson's butt and then just takes a tumble. Face first, like I, because I, when you're when you're running down the court, and you, you you take contact you're not expecting because he obviously wasn't expecting it. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't take much to, to throw you off. Yeah, you know balance. You're not used to it. these guys are not running backs. You know, right. expecting to be hit. So you know it's just that when you're when you're running like I, there was a video of a guy dunking a ball. Did you see this video the other yesterday on Twitter or anything? There's a guy dunking and a guy comes from behind him and sort of pushes him. It doesn't look like he pushes him that hard. And the guy just goes flying. Once your momentum's already going in one direction, it doesn't take a lot to impact I mean, your directionality. That's or, true. Plus, yeah. just physics. Plus, players are are flopping so much more now. I didn't. It wasn't you a flop, know. though. I, I didn't think it was a flop. Yeah. I mean, it seemed certainly natural, but... I, I don't mean, think I, he had time to calculate a flop there. I don't even. Th- I didn't think Grayson had time to even like. Yeah, I, he wasn't I, I looking think, at I him. I think Grayson's you know? uh, at the moment what went through his mind was to get I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick my butt out and hopefully I can stop this guy from running down there to play offense. It's probably what he's thinking. Yeah. But then this guy goes face first. Yeah, I think that's that's correct. I think that's it. So, so one of the reasons. Whatever. I, I mean, it's over, and I don't think this has any kind of huge impact. Right. But. One of the reasons I like <laughs> Theo Pinson and Joel Berry. And Roy Williams are they're class guys. Um, after the after the game, um, bo- both sides are, are asked about it. The UNC guys, like Joel Berry's like, look, I played with Grayson basically my whole life. I know him, he's a competitor, he's a good guy. Um, we were actually laughing at it at half court. I was like, look, I mean, I don't think there was anything malicious or bad about it. But I, I, I said, look, with your history, they're going to put everything under a microscope. So you just have to be smarter about it. Which is obviously true, you know. Yeah. And Theo Pinson chimed in. He said, "Look, we we played in the same summer league this past summer. Good guy, strong competitor. Coach Coach K was very defensive about with Grayson because that's he's very, he's very protective yeah, of, of his of his guys. But that's 
you know, Grayson was asked about it as the first question in the post-game interview. Then there were three or four other questions. And then another guy wanted to ask him about the tripping again. And that's when Coach K stepped in and said, hey, you know, like when guys foul in a game, do you think they intend to foul? No. I mean, it's just a part of the game. Yeah. And he's like, do you think that was the only hip check that went on in the game? No. Well, I'm, when he said that, I was thinking like, dude, you don't hip check like that out in the open court. You do it down low. It's just, it's not normal to, uh, to sort of adjudicate these kinds of things, like, outside of the game context. And that's what's going on with Grayson Allen. It's become, like, such a spotlight which that he, it's, which, it's hard to separate yeah. him from which the Which he's game. avoided this year for the vast he's done, majority yeah, he's of the year. He's done a fine year. job. I think, you know, I think he's he's been fine in that regard this year. My only issue with Grayson Allen is just he never became the fully excellent basketball player I expected him to. He's a talented guy. He's a good basketball player. Yeah. He's been a good... I thank him for his four years. I'm glad he stayed all four years. The team has needed him each year. But but ultimately, he just never became like a superstar that just... He never fulfilled your aspirations for him. Yeah, I mean, never got quite as good as I was hoping he would get. Yeah. You know, but maybe I mean, that's just if, not who he If is. you look at the Final Four in Indianapolis his freshman year, and then if you look at his sophomore year, it's pretty easy to extrapolate. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's going to become better than J.J. Redick. Because his sophomore year, he averaged 21.5 and, and like 4.5. And yeah. Clear team leader on the squad, even with Brandon Ingram and yeah. Luke Kennard. The, by the way, J.J. Redick's had an amazing NBA career. I mean, you know, a lot of people think he's overachieved there, given his uh, you know, somewhat limited athletic ability. But you know, he's going to go down as one of the great shooters. In, in league history, and he never really enjoyed a ton of NCAA tournament success. Um, early right. knockouts, disappointing games, like they got knocked out in the Sweet 16 game against uh, LSU. Kansas' freshman year, winning shot like 2 for 17. Yeah. He, he did go to the Final Four sophomore year with Lou Aldang. Um, yeah, it was a great, that was and, a good team. And I've, I've seen that... The ending to that game many times. I really feel like he got clobbered when he took it to the basket <laughs> with us down one or two. Um, he doesn't get calls in the NBA like that either. But he 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 was a great player. One of the one of the all time greats at Duke. He scored the most points out of anybody. So no knock on Redick, but you know we're, they're ultimately not responsible fully for their team's success. It matters who's around you. Uh, but I gotta say, the last he, two years, yeah, Grayson's he, had a lot of talent around him. Okay, and I don't. I don't know that he's been able to, you know, quite lead the team, you know, the way the guys who just have their their numbers hung up in the rafters were able to. He's a very, very good player. Yes, very good player. He's probably not, you know, transcendent. Um, Let me ask you. I'm trying to think if there are names up in the rafters who I would take Grayson over. I mean. No, of course not. Probably. Grant Hill? No. (laughs) But, but, But then again, like, I've. I've watched the Duke UNLV game recently because yeah. I was bored late at night. Grand Hill had a very bad game. I mean, he did not play very well. That's fair he's point. A freshman. Guys can have so bad like there games. are ups and downs, yeah, yeah. and like you know, there's a mythologizing of players over the decades. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so moving on, I guess. Uh, NCAA's. Yeah, we got uh, we, we, made some, the we somehow got. It's stuck in Pittsburgh? What's up with that? <laughs> so we're a two-seed. Uh, we're a two-seed. If, if, for those who haven't seen the bracket, I imagine everybody pretty much has by now. Anybody but, listening, Mike, will have seen the bracket. Right. We drew uh, We drew sort of a weak two-seed 
Uh, Kansas is the one in our bracket. It's the Midwest. And we play Iona, who is uh, as a 15. And then we play the winner of Rhode Island and Oklahoma. Rhode Island's actually been playing very well. Oklahoma's been playing very poorly, but they're starring trade. Rhode Island actually has been stumbling of late. They they, oh, were, they, they were doing really well throughout the season, but I want to say the, their last five or six games, uh, they, they've lost more than a few. Uh, they lost a really close one to Davidson, which people were joking that Dan Hurley's loss against Davidson cost uh, Bobby Hurley a postseason berth, but Arizona State was the last team in. Okay, I mean, at one point, yeah, he Rhode cost, Island, he Rhode cost Island, Bonzi Wells a playoff berth. They basically won like thirteen or fourteen straight games at one point. They look they like world beaters. They look the like world beaters at yeah. the two thirds of the way through the season. Point. Now that conference is is actually like tougher than advertised. You know, I think especially especially this year. I mean, you know, they play VCU, they play Dayton, they play St. Joe's, they play Davidson. These are all proud programs. St. Bonaventures has been really good this year. They're in the tournament, I think. Absolutely. They won 25, at least 25 games. Um, so they sort of had a yeah. tough schedule, even you know, like down the stretch as and well. If, and if you guys remember, we played them early last year, and I want to say that their lineup, their team, is still pretty much the same. Bunch, had, of, bunch of seniors. They, they had Allen Iverson's like uh, cousin. Nephew or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I like I the way they played and were coached. I thought they had some talent last year when we played them. Yeah. yeah, and absolutely. Dan Hurley's yeah, great coach. Dan Hurley's sort of a friend of the program, relation to the program. If, Bobby Hurley's little brother. Yeah. If you don't know anything about Iona, Iona is, I want to say, upstate New York. That's right. They are a really, really good three-point shooting team, but they are a horrifically bad defensive team. So the only thing to be afraid of, maybe, in the, the first round, first round game is that they get scorching hot from three. But apparently their defense is bad. We should be fine. We're around a 20-point favorite. We're around 96% to win the game. I will say this about Iona, just looking down their schedule. They lost a road game at Syracuse by only 9 points. They lost to uh, the team we're just talking about, Rhode Island, at Rhode Island, only by 6. You know, and they're, they're 10 seed. They they did lose to St. John's, another, another sort of common opponent, uh, by 10 at St. John's. So was that pre Duke or post Duke St. John's? Way pre Duke. Way, way pre Duke. <laughs> so St. John's hadn't gotten their act together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, and they have lost. They've lost a, a stretch of games. You know, their their fair share of games. They lost a lot of close games this year. It looks like, uh, but they also had a couple bad losses. Um, and they, you know, they won their tournament. They they made the the NCAA's. We we should be a big favorite. At, you know and. I'm not too too horribly worried about our, our first round, even our second round. Like I don't I don't mind, I don't mind the matchups. The more interest, you know, the more sort of national TV interesting matchup is is Oklahoma. Yeah. Um. I I was surprised they made it. I was really surprised they made it because because they trended so badly down the stretch. And let me just count them up. Same with Arizona One, two, State. Three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten, they lost eleven of the last fifteen games. Yeah, and you go four and eleven down the stretch. I don't care who you're playing. You probably shouldn't make the tournament and take a spot away from somebody. Do you think they made the tournament because this 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 guard is like so famous and they want the TV ratings? No, from what I've read is that the selection committee they they used to factor in they absolutely used to factor in last ten yeah how a team was doing in re, in their recent games and now they try to look at the year as a body of work that's that's their argument yeah it seems kind of weak sauce like 
like West someone who's playing like decent basketball. Um, that said, they're they're probably they're a dangerous team yeah. because you know that we don't... said South Carolina last year had lost five out of the last seven games or six out of the last eight games, yeah, and then exactly. they got hot. So so Oklahoma, so I feel like they have a lot to prove. No one they got the no one believes in us kind Trey, of thing going yeah. on. Trey Young is scary. You know, like he could get. He was scary. He could draw forty and pass out ten dimes. I mean, I don't need to remind people. Who's going to guard? Well, we, well, have, we, we run a zone. Play zone. <laughs> All we, it's clear the coach K is not yeah, going to deviate from zone. Right. So, so I think our zone would match up very well because apparently we just we, we, we have been guarding three pointers decently well. Yeah. So you know, I, I actually invite the matchup. I love playing inefficient ball hog kind of shooters. Although the guy on St. John's killed us. Right. Um, well, well, I guess. But you know, Trey we'll Jones is out. so transcendent. I feel like. Let's just go back five years. Look at C.J. McCollum and Lehigh beating us in the first round. Like, if you have a stud... Trey Young. Trey Young. What? Trey Jones is coming to Duke next year. No, I, th- I thought I said... Um, uh, I don't know. Well, C.J. McCollum. Yeah, yeah, you said... Okay. C.J. McCollum was on Lehigh. Sure. He was a star point guard, could score 30 and, and pass pass the ball. I mean, there's he's certainly capable of of doing that. But first, he's got to get by Rhode Island, which is Rhode Island probably has less talent, but they play better as a team. I think Rhode Island wins that game. I think Rhode Island's the better team, the better coach team. They have more talent, except at that one position. Uh, and Oklahoma's played so poorly down the stretch. But then again, who knows, right? So and, and it's a fifty-fifty game according to most uh, okay. predictive sites. Well, Trey Young also is, is is not has cooled off a great deal, you know. Yeah, uh, I remember looking earlier in the season. He was shooting pretty, pretty haughty percentages. He ended up shooting thirty six percent from three, forty two percent from the field, um, and I think early he was like a like a fifty forty ninety guy. You know, right? He um, still led the league, led the country in scoring and assists. No, uh, yeah, that's no, he he scored a he scored thirty one points per forty minutes, and he. Played 35 minutes a game, so I'm looking at his stats here. I don't even see it. There it is, 27.4 points a game and uh, eight assists. I mean, those are big numbers. Um, he started off so hot, you know. Yeah, like if in, he in gets conference hot, play, he, he struggled. Like, you remember Steph Curry, Davidson, 2008? Like, a guy like that can just totally take a team on his back and just go deep, <laughs> knocking down Goliaths along the way. Yeah, I think the fair criticism of Trey Jones is that he's not necessarily yep, yep. A, like a team player like Steph. Even though Steph took a lot of shots, you know, it felt like that team rallied around him. So I'm just going to read you the, the field goal attempts You know, down the stretch. 7 for, tw- 7 for 21 in the last game against Oklahoma State. 5 for 19 from the field the game before that. Uh, 7 of 20. 7 of 10. That's a hot game. 3 out of 13. 7 out of 21. 4 out of 16. Against Texas Tech, seven out of twenty-one. These are all in a row. That's only one decent shooting game out of the last nine. Wasn't there a game he shot forty-three times? Uh, thirty-nine times against Oklahoma State, where he scored forty-eight. He went fourteen of thirty-nine, six of nineteen from three-point range. I mean, he fired up two hundred eighty-one threes in thirty-one games, and he has taken almost twenty shots a game all season. Uh, and early in the year when he was hot, he wasn't shooting, wasn't always shooting that much. The first, you know, four games he didn't, he didn't shoot even 20 shots. So I think he believed the hype a little. I think the team, I think when you have a guy that's taking all the shots, the rest of your team tends to kind of, kind of mail it in sometimes, you know, they're, 
you know, Andre the Giant's on the on the tug of war rope, and you're just like, all right, I guess I don't have to try, or like I'm not getting the ball. So I mean, he's still dishing the ball eight and a half times a game. Yeah, well, like I said, assists. What do assists mean? He's got the ball in his hands every possession. As he's he either should. shooting, as he should, or he's delivering it to another guy for a shot, he's, as he should. He's getting double, triple teamed, right? And he outlets the ball. The guy shoots. They're going to make it some of the time. He's going to get assists. You know, I, I don't know. You know, obviously he's creating shots because he draws a lot of attention. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can do a good job against him if we play him. Uh, I'm rooting against this kid. I'm rooting against him his whole career. I, I don't like watching. You don't like Trey Young. No, I, I'm. I don't know enough about him not to like him, but I don't like this kind of kid. Who, Where does all this dislike come from? <laughs> just he's just a gunner, man. He's a gunner, and I he's probably not as good as he's supposed to be. The guys I listen to about the NBA draft are saying he's decent chance he's not not he's definitely not going to be a top five pick. Right. He might go outside of the top ten. I mean, this kind of inefficient shooting is going to scare teams off, uh, even though he's only a freshman. So, right. You know. Uh, so is he the next Steph Curry or is he the next uh, Nick Van Axel? Yeah. Um, okay, so you were. Su- I was surprised we didn't get to play a game or two in uh, North Carolina in Charlotte. In in particular, yeah. it seems like the last three years we had. That, in right? particular, yeah. You would think that the selection committee would give us a solid because last year we were supposed to be in North Carolina, but because of the transgender bathroom bill. We got stuck in Spartanburg, South right. Carolina, where we had to play like South game. Carolina. On the road. <laughs> and yeah. Basically in their backyard. So you would think that that would carry over, but no. They give Charlotte the first weekend to UNC, since they beat us in the ACC tournament, which makes the loss even more painful. And now we have to go to Pittsburgh. But, I mean, honestly, I'm not terribly worried about... The, we're fir- gonna, the first weekend. Yeah, none of those those games aren't going to be road games it's, at, at it's, Pittsburgh. I mean, it, we're going to travel yeah. pretty well. It's the second weekend if we get there. Um, you know, we're supposed to be about eighty percent to get to the second weekend. But if we get to the second weekend, I feel like it's going to be pretty tough. tough. Yeah. So we got yeah. Michigan State in our way in our sort of half of our bracket. Sweet sixteen which is, game, which is brutal. Sweet right? sixteen game would be Michigan State if it goes chalk. And but then, TCU could knock off Michigan State, right? That's possible. Yeah, anything's um, possible. Somehow Syracuse made the tournament. Teams that were basically ranked number one at various points in the season and didn't really falter that badly Yeah, uh, having to play each other. Uh, and then if we get through them or Hurley, uh, we would play, uh, I guess, Kansas is the one seed. Uh any other teams that could come out of Kansas' little pod? I think Kansas kind of has a soft bracket. Oh, NC Auburn, State is Auburn's there. the four. Clemson's the five. Um, NC State has to play Seton Hall in the eight nine game. I actually think that's a tough that's a tough matchup for Kansas. Like that's a tough draw for an eight nine. I like both Seton Hall and NC State. They both are dangerous teams. NC State has beat us and UNC. Yeah, and. The, yeah, they, they they played big games pretty tough all year. And Seton Hall actually, I think they're they're actually kind of a they could be a giant killer. I don't know if they're going to get through NC State. Um, They've definitely held their own in the Big East against um, yeah Villanova and Xavier. So yeah, uh, we're playing in Omaha if we get to the second weekend. Yeah, don't jinx us, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> if we I should be we there. Um, you know, it's fair. I mean, we got to I, I, you know you want to beat the best so. Uh, it always it never hurts to have a like sort of a soft soft journey. Yeah, so but, but I was like, I was I was I was 
driving over here and I was thinking, okay, we got a two seed that's all, that's about what we were expecting. But in all the years we've gone really deep. I mean, I guess since we were students there, mm-hmm. it's always been as a one seed because it, it just makes things so easy. You know, like it just I, worked out that way. I think back yeah. to 2015, our Sweet 16 matchup was against like a Utah, a four or five seed. In 2010, um, our, our Sweet 16 matchup was against Purdue, I believe. But if you if you think back on those games, Purdue, Baylor, Utah, or Utah yeah. was two thousand fifteen. So those teams are, are are much lesser in stature than meeting a Michigan State in the Sweet Sixteen game. That seems like a killer matchup. Like yeah, there's, there's no guarantee we're right. going to meet Michigan for State because sure. things happen, right? right. Bucknell for could sure. knock off Michigan State. Bucknell yeah. could have played the game of their life. Middle Tennessee you know. State knocked off Michigan State either last year or two years ago. Syracuse, Arizona State, they cost people. They're going to cost people fits potentially. Just saying, you just the one know. seed. Yeah. Is obviously yeah, it's better to be a one. Would have been much nicer because your your Sweet Sixteen game is so much easier. Now that said, we beat Michigan State. Yes, we have without Bagley on the floor most of the game. Tom Izzo never beats Coach K. And we pretty much in the dance. Yeah, Uh, they're 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 pretty loaded and like they they, they're young as well. Jaron Jackson, yeah, Miles Bridges, Uh, some experience in the backcourt. Yeah, that would be an amazing. Nick Ward, like they had the bigs to match up, match our bigs. We're gonna go to Omaha to watch that game if if that happens. No, no chance. You, no. you want only the Final Four? Are you gonna go to the Final? If we get to the Final Four, are we going to San Antonio? Maybe anything's possible. Maybe anything's possible. Uh, but should we assess our team? Yeah. What do you What do you want I, to talk I mean, about? I, so I. <laughs> So coming in, I feel like yeah, our team, our team is. I'm still pretty optimistic about the team. The things that worry me are turnovers has been sort of like a lingering issue. Not turnovers, not just selection. not just from Grayson and Trey, but also like Bagley turns the ball over a lot for a big guy, a lot. Hmm. Um, so turnovers, free throw shooting, um, our defense. I'm sort of believing that our defense is legit, as long as we don't play a team that is. As well coached. Played the 2-3 play zone a ton in the last two weeks. I think we struggle against teams with, you know, experienced guards. Yeah. And good wings and good coaches. Right. You know, honestly, like, uh, if they're willing to overload the zone, I don't. our zone doesn't seem to... to like our, no guys, our guys don't adjust. There's no flexibility in it. There should be. I mean, it, it, there should be, but it just doesn't seem to, to happen, you know, like we'd like to see, right? I mean, but... But yeah, but we have a ton of positives and strengths. Yeah. Like we should be pounding the ball in inside, especially in the first weekend. We should just be giving our bigs the ball as much as possible. Hopefully, Gary Trent is shooting better. Hopefully, Trey is better. Yeah, to keep things in perspective, we have two of the best, two of the best big men in recent Duke basketball history. With uh, they're super super talented. Right. You know we have. We have a couple of great shooters in Grayson and Gary Trent. Right. We have, you know, even Trey Deval is like a pretty talented version of a, of like a inconsistent player. And you know, our bench has shown flashes. Bolden's playing pretty well. Bolden's playing great. You know, so I'm not too concerned about one of our bigs getting in foul trouble. Bolden, Bolden's filling in Del- very nicely. Deloria is a very nice player to have coming in. Yeah, and O'Connell might pull pull some kind of Grayson Allen performance down the stretch. As you never know. Uh, I really like Wendell Carter's game. His his def- his yeah. defense has been great. He's pretty much our only rim protector. But I've, I, especially in our most recent game against UNC, I saw him do a few things that reminded me of Shane Battier. You know, where where he's blocking it not into the stands, but he's coming down with like he's just stripping the ball after the block. 
you know, containing the ball and then coming down with it. He's been fantastic defensively. And if you didn't know, guys, um, he played through some minor foot issue in the Notre Dame game, which sort of explains why he had such a, relatively speaking, bad game. Yeah, but, four fouls as well. Yeah, battle yeah. foul trouble, which sort of plagued him early in the season, but now he's learned how to play through the fouls. And against UNC, you know, one rebound shy of another double-double. He's I'll say just a machine. Carter and Trent have given... Carter has given me the least amount of agita all year. Like, I've enjoyed watching Carter. I, I he's, enjoy he's, a lot of these guys. Like, what do you have against Gary Trent? Gary Trent? Gary Trent been, well, just, no, I'm thinking against him. He's just a streaky shooter. Like, okay. he's had cold stretches in the years. He's, like, trying yeah, to do I like, things I like defensively Gary and yeah. offensively. I almost said Carter and Trent have yeah. been a pleasure to watch. Yeah, I and, like watching Grayson Allen. I'm a little, you know, I'm a little, just a little underwhelmed by a couple of things that I, I was hoping were going to, you know, improve. Uh, I think his fit with this team hasn't quite, he hasn't quite naturally, I don't know, he hasn't elevated everyone as much as I would hope. Right. Uh, and it's there's been a struggle with who's like right after the role. the Michigan State game and the Indiana game, you thought maybe Grayson could have some stupendous season. Oh yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I you know, like you said, after a sophomore year, even like last year was it was a disappointing year, and this year has been just sort of you know hot and cold. I did want to say know? about Gary Trent in the UNC game, he did dribble, penetrate into the paint to get to get into the flow of the game by knocking down twos, like ten mm-hmm. foot two twos, which is good because like if your three's not falling, you got to find other ways to get involved offensively. Give me one guy shooting the shot that you know, to matter, and it's going to be Gary Trent on this team. You know, he's just. Shoots the highest percentage, and uh, he's just—he's always squared up, you know. He doesn't take bad threes generally. Yeah. Uh, and he's in control most of the time. Um, you know, I wish he was like a slightly, you know, more. You know, I wish he was a, like a good passer. I think he's an okay passer, but he doesn't. You know, he's a scorer. Yeah. He's more of just a scorer. He's a right. scorer's mentality. Once the ball's in his hands. Right. Uh, which is fine, you know. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, my overall... Overall, I haven't enjoyed this team as much as I wanted to all year because my it's really because my expectations were really high. They're too high. Obviously, they were too high. You need high. to lower your expectations for next year's class. I, next year, my expectations are even higher. <laughs> okay? I'm going to hold these guys to high standards. Next year, we have the one, two, and three coming in. We'll talk which about is, them all Which has never season. happened before. And we have Trey Jones' brother... Or Tyus Jones' brother Trey, right. who's supposed to even be, you know, maybe a more dynamic player than than Tyus was. Although obviously Tyus was underrated uh, coming in. So March is always the best month of the year. One of the reasons because of this March Madness Selection Sunday is just great. It's like Christmas. You just wait and see what kind of draw you get, and then as long as you're still in and you're not knocked out, like there's just you're fostering hope with each passing day. Like maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year. This team could win the national championship. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And like, if you look at the odds, we're still in the top we're five like or three. six teams. We're three. Yeah. We're, we're right after Virginia and Villanova. Look at the Vegas odds. Like, you, you know, you're not going to get longer than six, about, six to one yeah, odds on it. But it's us. still like 10%, 9, 10, 11, 12%. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, which most is, teams would kill. Is, most people would kill for that. Yeah, NC State would kill for odds like the that. The vast majority yeah. of teams coming into the NCAA tournament is below 1%. Yeah. So we have to be mindful of how good... How spoiled how, we are. How spoiled we are, but, you know... And, you know, we're lucky we have hope. I mean, last year we had hope. Last year the team really didn't play a lot together. You know, Harry Giles never got healthy. 
Too many alphas on their team. A lot of guys that needed the ball in their hands, although it turns out Jason Tatum plays really well off the ball in Boston. Uh, but yeah, couple, some redundancy yeah. on last year's team. This year we actually have like five positions. Right. If Duval can play point the well. Roles, yeah, the roles are defined yeah. and people know what they need to do. You know, the old adage of for the NCAA tournament, it's all about defense and guard play. If you have that, you can compete in every game. We have the defense, it seems like. I mean, Ken Palm has us at seven. I, I'm still not buying this no, no, as like no. a, like a no, seventh-best no, no. defense in the country. I don't care what the stats say. However, we have held <laughs> UNC to a pretty low point, point total the last two games. And then the guard play, still wor- that's the biggest on, source man. of worry for me because like we play. I don't worry so much about Grayson, but I still worry about Trey, his... Ups and downs. We have a talented backcourt, but we routinely get outplayed in games by other backcourts. You know, we don't. We are not a good defensive backcourt, and you know, yeah, our defensive stats have improved greatly throughout the year. The zone has worked better against, and and most of those stats, those like overall stats, it's, it includes all the games against the weak sisters. You know, we play very well against teams not in the top ten or twenty of the of the country. But against the top 10 or 20 teams that execute well, that have some talent, we, we, we kind of get exposed uh, more often than we don't you know, this year just like, on the defensive end. Right. Yeah. But just like a month and a half ago, or maybe it was two months ago. Yeah, I, I thought we were clueless. We played, like, we played yeah. BC, Florida State. We are giving uh, NC State, Miami. Miami was killing we us. Were, we gave up like 90-plus points in three straight games, and I said – our transition this, this defense is better. This is a joke. Yeah, it was it was and, painful. And now we're holding teams to 50, 60, 70 points. I mean, I pretty yeah, good. Yeah, the pace of play has slowed down. Pace of play has slowed down, and I'd be careful about sort of looking at how many points UNC scored in this last game against us. Who cares? They executed, and we gave up so many easy baskets in that game. It was a bit of a reversion, but you know, credit to them. You, you do know they shot below forty percent in the game. They did not shoot well from three. Mm, they they shot okay from three. They just did they? let's take a look. Yeah. Uh, they shot seven of twenty four from three. So yeah, that's, they okay. that's pretty bad. I mean, it's twenty nine percent. You know. Uh, and they shot thirty nine point four percent from the field. They had eighteen offensive rebounds. We we again are giving up offensive rebounds partly because we just don't have guys down in the paint. Oh yeah, that's another thing. Well, we didn't in really this, talk at about the it. end of the game. There were maybe two or three defensive possessions where, where they just, they, yeah. they had three or four shots at it because they kept coming down with the offensive rebound. Our guards, our guards do not contribute enough. Do to not the contribute at all. We've talked about it all year. Yeah. It's it's all it's downright criminal. It's one of the reasons I have a hard time rooting for for our back or like giving them the credit that yeah. that like that. You know, Dickie V before the year is probably saying, this is sensational backcourt, baby. Duval's a super frosh. And, you know, Grayson Allen, Trent, right? A lot of talent. But these guys don't play an all-court game. They're not, they're, you know, I struggle with whether these guys really know how to win. Value winning. Value competing. I think they value winning. I don't think they know how to do it. And they're, they're, there's also a little bit of unwillingness to open up their their basketball mind and like just pitch in for on on every front of a basketball game. Yeah. Like they don't the guards do not view it as their responsibility to get down there and battle. And there was a couple times against UNC where guys had an opportunity to contest an offensive rebound and again they're standing and watching. And it's 
you know, all season. I'm sure it's been pointed out to them. It may not be DeVal's instinct or Trent even or Grayson. They, they, they've been mixing up a little more, so I give them some credit. They've been getting back on transition D better, yeah. but not always. Bagley, like, loafed down court once or twice. Like They could it, be tired. Yeah, they, they could be, they but could be it, it's usually after it's after a miss and it's emotional. Yeah. Like you can just see like emotionally, Deval, Bagley, as you know, especially Bagley, as talented as he is, it's hard to, to complain about having him on the team and I'm not. But you just want the energy that he uses so fantastically in the paint offensively, you want that for every facet of the game and he's not bringing it in certain areas. <clears throat> I want these guys to I want these guys not to think it's somebody else's job to make that extra effort on defense, on rebounding. And there was quite a few plays against UNC where I just saw Bagley, you know, looking, observing the game on, on the defensive end. Like, oh, I, I got my guy out here yeah. on the three-point, you know. Yeah. Or like, instead, of, instead of crashing, helping him down low when yeah, instead of like Carter had to go up and help. Yeah. The, I don't think yeah. these baskets pain these guys. Like, when we go up an easy basket, I haven't felt that way all year. They're a little better about it. And I think ultimately it'll be the reason we lose in the tournament, you know. It'll be the reason I look back on this season and, and you know, express, you know, profound disappointment. Uh, and when I follow these guys in the NBA, I hope I hope they, they learn. They're young. They have time to learn these things. NBA is even more about pacing. The, like, not going all out. You just sort of coast. That used to be the case. That is the case. That used to be the case. Not anymore. Come on, I, I've watched. I've watched. About? I've watched several hundred NBA games each of the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like tons of NBA. It's incredible. The the effort NBA players put forth on the defensive end. Like contest contesting shots is closeouts. They are so much better and more effective. Like I'm just talking on an effort basis. Okay. Like it, it really like it's very sophisticated. Well, NBA maybe, defense maybe, is very maybe sophisticated. Maybe their coaches uh, correctly. Yeah. Rationing out the minutes. Listen, if Quinn Snyder was coaching this Duke team from, the, <laughs> from summer, from soup to nuts, yeah. and Coach K wasn't there, you know, let's say Coach K, you know, bagged out this year, and Quinn Snyder was brought in as an emergency replacement, you know, we have seven losses, and we should have lost probably nine or ten or eleven, if not for some of those, like, miracle comebacks. I mean... I don't think we've lost more than three or four games tops with Quinn Snyder coaching this team. You know, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I that's a mental exercise I do often. Like, yeah. Coach K is the best. He's an incredible recruiter. He's an incredible program. We wouldn't have gotten these guys yeah. on the boat. Obviously, if, but, 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 you know, but, but, but Coach K is dealing with the top talent, like the best players. And I always wonder if Coach K gave whatever players he recruited to, say, a Jay Wright or a Tony Bennett or a Greg Marshall. Oh, yeah. Like what would have happened? Like these, I think these guys because these guys have to coach up guys who obviously have less talent. He's seventy. It'd be a different. Ball he's sixty nine. Coach K is old. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so maybe it's unfair he's, he's to got expect. A delegate. Yeah. Yeah. So, and his, his coaching staff. I mean, they're not young though. You know, like they're. I mean, they're not inexperienced. Like John Shire is kind of a young coach, but Capel's been a head coach. You know, in a couple places, Capel. Cable's been on this staff for a long time. Nate James has been on the sideline with them for years. And, you know, if Coach K needs to delegate, um, you know, I, I just don't I don't know about sort of the, the X's and O's. And it may be just a time limitation like we've discussed all season. And maybe Quinn Snyder wouldn't, you know, he can like put in sophisticated 
shit. He has as many hours as he wants to talk to the Un- guys. Unlimited hours. Yeah, yeah, well, somewhat unlimited. They don't have unlimited practice hours in the NBA, but they do have time on the plane. They have assisting coaches. They have you know a lot of sophistication in sort of learning the team concepts, the playbook. There, there's more to it, right? But yeah, I, 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 you know, I think any of those coaches are just much better game coaches. The question I have for you, Peter, is. Is this an indictment, you know, sort of like the general underperformance or we feel like they're like a little undercoached, like they don't have something drawn up for the end of games that seems like particularly you know, sophisticated. sophisticated, right? They haven't been running like that much stuff all year on offense. Their defensive adjustments don't seem to have, they, they happen at somewhat of a snail's pace. Like, is this an indictment on Coach Capel becoming the next coach? Are we worried if Cape, you know, obviously Kay's gone in a couple of years five years at the outset, right? Yeah. Uh, and we've been talking about, we think it's probably Capel, right? right. Um, is this, is this a, is Capel just not empowered to do some things? I mean, that's, that's the question. No, is I mean, he, I, is I he feel like... also not like the sharpest game coach? I mean, he had Blake Griffin and his brother at Oklahoma. It's not like they... They went to the Elite Eight. They didn't get to the Final Four. Blake Griffin. He's an NBA Hall of Famer. He was a dominant college player. But... So is Ben Simmons. <laughs> Fair enough. I think you know, Capel had a little more talent around him, but but yeah, that's true. I mean, one guy does not a team. I, I feel like Capel Capel did is a, a decent is a, job. Is a lifer. Like his dad coached. Right. I mean, I, I sometimes lifers but, but, but again, are, like it's it's yeah. who knows, yeah. you know. And like Ricky Price said, like he doesn't envy his position because how can you follow Coach K? I mean, you have to be any of those guys you just mentioned, yeah. Jay Wright, and you know. Tony Bennett. I've counted out Quinn Snyder as a real possibility because he seems Brad to be Stevens. an NBA lifer now. Yeah. Any of those guys, they they would they would come in and they'd be different than Coach K, but it would probably be refreshing to see how much they got out of the guys and sort of, you know, yeah. how, how disciplined the approach was from a game planning perspective. And that's, I mean... It's maybe a, a bit sacrilegious, but I feel like that's... This is all sacrilegious. That's why... I'm sure I, everyone is like... This is even more sacrilegious. Yeah. That's why I appreciate the UNC program, because the the roles have flipped. You know, UNC used to have Vince Carter, Antoine Jameson. Yeah, he made that point around the, the season. All those guys. Or, yeah, or Devin made that point, right? Um, yeah, we Devin, certainly had an extended yeah. conversation about it. But now, you know, he's doing it with Luke May, Joel Berry, uh, Theo Pinson. Like, Theo Pinson can't shoot the ball and yet I actually think Theo Pinson's going to be a pretty good NBA player yeah he's going to end up developing he's going to be a 3 and D guy sure but they have they're using guys who are not so talented that they can leave after one year yeah you know minus like maybe one or two guys like Harrison Barnes um, they, they're they doing it with the guys that we used to do it with and I'm maybe a little envious of that you know from a fan's perspective like our guys are going to come, and then they're going to go. Then we're going to welcome a brand new set of um, freshmen. But that connectivity is going to be gone. You know, like Grayson's going to be gone, and he's really the only guy who was there year after year after year. You know, I don't have that strong of a connection with Delorier or O'Connell just yet. It's going to be a different type of program. We have a different type of program than we used to, and UNC, as much as they've sort of had a black eye. For the academic scandal, uh, in a way, it served them well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Actually, I'm curious to know how their recruiting is going to change um, now that the the cloud of sanctions has been lifted. Will they now be in the running for the blue chip type guys? 
yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how everything shakes out with the, the whole, you know, FBI probe, whatever's going on. I, mean, I feel like a lot, of, a, a lot of stuff's going to come down on a <laughs> lot of stuff. Um, yeah. Let me end by asking you, how far do we have to go for you to have positive thoughts about this year, this no, team? No matter what, I'm disappointed in, 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 in an inconsistent effort level and strategy level. You know, I'm disappointed in, in the coaching staff for the year. I'm not 100% disappointed. I give the coaches a C this year. Uh, you know, C is not that bad. I mean, if you asked me, you know, if you asked me about five weeks ago, I probably would have said like a D. You know, I give them a C, maybe okay. a C plus. There was some turnaround on the defensive We're still end. not there yet. Like, we usually we do the grades when the season's over. So yeah, yeah. they still have a little bit of time to go from C to like I mean, B. You know, we win the, national, we win the national championship, and I'll forgive the sins of the year, right? Because the, but that's a little results oriented. Like, the proof has been in the pudding. We have not, we lost two out of three to UNC, we lost at home to Virginia. We we lost games that that I didn't think we we should lose. Okay. You know, and we we even some of the games we won, I didn't feel like we necessarily deserved to win. Yeah. You know, against Texas, against well maybe Florida, we deserved to win. But you know, the stain of that is not getting washed away only by like a, a great tournament run. If we like make the Elite Eight or Final Four, uh, you know, I think we have the most talented team in the country. Or I thought that. Yeah. You know, now I think we just have a lot of talent, but some some warts. And, uh, you know, for me to be, I mean, we make the Final Four, it's obviously going to be, going to have end up being like a pretty good season. Final uh, Four is going to be a great year. Anything I, short of the Elite like Eight, the, the season is going to wind up being like, in my mind, just like a, mostly a failure. You know, mostly a failure. We started out 18 and 2. Okay. You know, so twelve and zero, eighteen and two. Uh, we were talking about this team maybe only losing two, three, four, five games. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's uh, how about you? What do you think? Anytime you get past the first weekend, that's a great thing. Yeah. I'm just I'm hoping we get through the first weekend so we're not a disgrace. I no longer take it for granted. <laughs> like, we've lost. <laughs> Either so first weekend loss, we're, we've it's lost either in the first round or the yeah. second round so often in the last 10, 15 years. I feel like you can't take that for granted. If you get to the second weekend, it, what makes it so great is like there's that four or five days where there are no games and you're just entertaining thoughts of the next game and who, you, who you're going to play in the second the following round. And it's just great. So I feel like if we get to the second we, weekend, that's good. But bottom line, if we get to the third weekend. If we get to the elite, yeah. if we get to elite eight, I feel like that'll be pretty good. Obviously, I'm hoping for better, but if we can get get into the the elite eight, that'll be that'll be pretty good. Yeah, I I don't know, I don't know. You would, you'd still be pretty harshly disappointed. I mean, obviously, if we have to play Michigan State and Kansas in those two games the second weekend. If we get there, yeah, uh, that's a tough draw. And if we you know beat Michigan State in a tough game and. And let's say we play well and we lose to Kansas, we don't make the Final Four. I mean, I'm not going to be like bitterly disappointed and judgmental about that NCAA tournament performance. Yeah. Right. So, but, but you know, I think for this team to fulfill like its destiny, when we look back in this team and we we look at Carter and Bagley's NBA careers, which are going to be pretty successful. You know, I don't know if the other guys are going to really be that that great in the NBA. Um, 
but we're going to have thought, oh, you know what? We, that, that was an opportunity lost. When we look back at certain teams, you know. O2 team. Devastating. The, the O2, Devastating. The O2 team was the, is, the, is the year we lost to Indiana. Uh, you know, and Jason Williams had a chance to c- convert a four-point play with a, you know, a few seconds left and miss the free throw. Uh, that was a team that returned Dunleavy, Boozer, and Jason Williams. Of course, that... And had Dante Jones eligible after transferring. Yeah, I mean, that, that team was not only stacked with talent, but they were juniors. And also Duhon. They were, I mean, they, yeah, they the starting Duhon five were all NBA yeah. players. Duhon. Was Ewing on that team? Um, no. I don't no, think so. Ewing was on that team. Uh, yeah, you know, we, we just have a ton of talent. And when, when we're playing at the, at the recruiting level, we're playing at... When... You know, with, with, when things are so tilted in our favor, yeah, it's hard. It's hard not to. If you just expect. only get two wins in the NCAA tournament, it's you know, not good enough. Yeah, if you're the Yankees, if you're a stacked Yankees team, and you've spent all the money in free agency, and you get Mike Trout, yeah, and you you lose and Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, and you get all these guys, which is what basically we do. You got to deliver. Every year. You got to deliver. And the expectations are different for you. Now, the tournament's a crapshoot, as you put a po- yep. put it last year, a potpourri of randomness. Potpourri of variance. Variance, yeah. Yeah, so no doubt, like, you can't really put all your eggs in the tournament basket. Even the greatest teams have not, many of the greatest teams have not won the tournament. Yeah. And, like, I wouldn't hold it against UNLV, that one UNLV team that lost to Duke, that they weren't great, and that they shouldn't be proud. But this team had the chance to win the ACC, right? <laughs> At least beat Carolina two out of three. We don't get to play them three times usually. We had the chance to knock off a UVA team at home. We had the chance to, you know, at least get to the ACC finals. You know, win the ACCs, the regular season, or we didn't. Last year's team won the ACC tournament. At least they got to hang a banner, right? Hang a banner where? They hang a banner for the ACC yeah, tournament. Where do they put it? In Cameron, somewhere in there. No. On the side. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> they got him. I don't think the ACC tournament is that important. Uh, it's a championship. Now, this team has like a preseason tournament, the, the, the Phil Knight tournament. PK-80. Yeah, they, they did win that. But, okay. All right. You know, that was months and months ago. Listen, all so of like, that is nothing so like, compared to the NCAA tournament. Like, that's the only thing yeah. that people remember. No one, no one remembers who won the NIT preseason tournament or the Maui Invitational or the ACC tournament. Like no, no one does. Uh, I, I, I sort of, I agree. Twenty fifteen, we I, win the title. We lost in the semis to Notre Dame. Yeah, you know UNC. But that twenty fifteen team was also a number one seed for a reason. Yeah, you know if you earn the number one seed, it means you you dominated. The, you had a season. pretty dominant, great year. And we basically like won the the ACC regular season and or tournament for like. Most of the early 2000s and late 90s, you know, okay. like from 90, 98, 99 through 2006, we just when the conference was 40% smaller. Yeah, well, that's right. But you know, not all those teams won national championships or even got to Final Four. That 2002 <clears throat> team that lost to Indiana, yeah, what a disappointment. But guess what? They ran the table the rest of the year for the most part. They won the ACC regular season. They won the tournament, I they, think. They were number one Ken Palm on offense and defense. Yeah, so you know what? They got upset in the tournament and in a very, you know. But I don't look back at that team. Like, I remember look back at all those guys as huge winners, not just because they won in 01, but because they were so dominant in 02. They were trying. Last year's team, this year's team, they have been, like, 
like a like a beautiful they've been like the the beautiful ship filled with like holes and like you know trying to stay afloat like within you know to live up to their expectations and uh you know so a lot does hinge on their NCAA performance and they they bring that pressure on themselves I think because you know it's just part of the deal it's part of the deal so all right so good luck to our squad yeah Mike uh don't disappoint us guys Mike's saying you basically have to win it all well you know if we're going to look back at this team as like a success or failure right yeah they've sort of been like straddling the line all, all season sure yeah but if we get to the second weekend, it's us, Michigan State, Kansas. Like, I mean, if I offered you, most, most teams are supposed to lose in that in that spot. I'll ask you that. If I offered you uh, Elite Eight and out, would you take it? No, I'll gamble. Would I offer you? If I offered you Final Four and out, would you take it? You, you would. You maybe take it. But I would. Of course, you'd rather just I would, gamble. I would take it. Yeah, uh, I would take it. Okay, I think if we if we, the thing is if we get to the final four, then I think we might just be a beast because, you know, if we can slay Michigan State, if we can slay our 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 quad, our 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 bracket, our the Midwest, then, uh, you know, well, then I think we're gonna have like come into our own somewhat, and we do have so much talent. Like nobody wants to play us. I'll tell you that much. No one's looking forward to playing us. Except Iona, you know, <laughs> like right now, Rhode Island and uh, Oklahoma are not like thrilled they get their drawn Duke if they win their first game. Yeah, you know, we shouldn't look past Iona because I, well, I remember no, Lee I as well. True. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, they may relish the opportunity to Oklahoma's pull a big probably upset. Just, Oklahoma's just happy, probably just happy to be, to be there, yeah. right? But like, you know, nobody wants to play a supremely talented team in the tournament. You know, Tom Izzo probably doesn't want to face Michigan just because he's like, oh, they're all going to talk about my. One in ten lifetime record <laughs> against K in the NCAA tournament. Nobody beats Tom Izzo twelve out of thirteen times <laughs> in the tournament, right? Something like that. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Thank Jeb, you for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening all year to us complain and gripe about this team. Uh, hopefully, we provided some, you know, some some useful uh, thoughts in between uh, our emotional breakdowns. It's been a good therapy. Uh, I really wasn't looking forward to coming in and talking about the, the ACC tournament in that game, but uh, now that I've talked about it, it wasn't that bad. It's, it's just a loss, Mike. It's just a loss. I mean, yeah, just a happen. basketball game. Losses happen. You have to have a healthy detachment from these results. <laughs> Thank God for the, the 76ers and watching them play this year. It's been That's been pretty enjoyable for, as a 76ers fan. You know, there's low expe- I'm blessed with low expectations there for the last few years. They're um, going to be elevating. They are ele- they're already elevating, you know. Um, any last uh, any last thoughts, or are we good? No. When are we gonna come back? Hopefully after two W's. Well, yeah, yeah. We play we play Thursday, Thursday Saturday. To be honest, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think we do. So we'll come after you. Come after uh, the next weekend, guys. Yeah, it looks like March fifteenth, Thursday. It's a two forty five Eastern time game, eleven forty five Pacific time. Love those games. I love those games. Yeah, I just wake up and I get to watch Duke game, the most <laughs> meaningful game of the year. I used to be each I, one. I used to not even wake up by that hour, but these days I've been getting up at uh, pretty much six thirty every morning. So, so it'll be midday for you. It's gonna be a lunch break. Are, you, are we gonna? Maybe we'll watch this one. Let's do it. All right, all right, guys, go Duke. Salvage the season. 
Check it out, guys. Let's do it. All right.